good, isn't it, that uh, once a year we take this moment to thank God for our mothers. I think these days being a mum has become hugely undervalued. But being a mother is, is good and honourable and hard and time-consuming and so important. Being a mum is a huge and awesome privilege and responsibility. I think we need to keep on saying that. Being a mum is something to be proud of. Now, of course, for many of us, Mother's Day comes with mixed feelings. And perhaps you always wanted to be a mum, but things didn't work out that way. Or maybe you've lost your mother recently. Or you're a mother who's lost one or more of your children. This can be a difficult day, but we still have a lot to thank God for. Each one of us owes so much to our mothers for changing our nappies, cooking our dinners, playing with us, teaching us, and working hard to earn money for the family. Our mums gave us life, they loved us, they supported us. Who each of us is today, whatever age we are, is in large part thanks to the influence of our mums, particularly in our early years. And because my mum might watch this, uh, thank you mum for all you've done and still do for me. But then it becomes our turn. How many of us here are mums or grandmothers or maybe aunties or godmothers of young children and teenagers right now? Right now, we have the task of raising the next generation. That's our job. And just like your mum or grandmother influence you, how your children turn out depends significantly on how you influence them. So if you're a mother, grandmother, godmother, auntie here today, let me ask you, how are you influencing your children or grandchildren as they grow up? What are you hoping that they will learn from you that will stand them in good stead for the future? And that question applies just as much to all of the dads here and the granddads and the uncles and the godfathers. Can I suggest that the greatest thing you can do for your child is to share with them your faith in Jesus Christ? You can't control what they believe. As adults, they may not share your faith. But the greatest hope and desire you can have for your children is that they do grow up to love and serve Jesus. And this morning's reading shows us just what an impact that desire can have in a family and on a child. Not just on our own children, but actually also on the lives of many other people. The reading is from a letter by the Apostle Paul to a church leader called Timothy, and it came at a crucial time in the history of the church. And let me begin by telling, telling you a bit about Timothy and his family. Timothy was from Lystra, which today would be in Turkey. And he got his faith from the women in his life. His mother's side of the family was Jewish. His mum was called Eunice, his grandmother was Lois. But his dad was Greek and he didn't share their faith, which is, I think, still a common experience today. And one day, a preacher called Paul came to their town to tell them about the Jewish Messiah, Jesus. And Lois and Eunice and Timothy became believers in Jesus. And Timothy grew so much in his faith that a few years later, Paul recruited him as a fellow preacher and took him along for his journeys around the Mediterranean. And they became close like father and son. But Paul was an apostle, someone personally appointed by Jesus to preach the gospel and build up the church. And 
That meant he was powerfully opposed. The apostles had religious and political enemies. Paul was constantly opposed by false teachers who spread modified versions of the Christian faith that can't save anyone. And in the end, he was arrested and locked up in a cell in Rome, awaiting trial before the emperor with the likely outcome of execution. And as he sat in his cell, it became clear to Paul that the time of the apostles was coming to an end. The tradition has it that Paul and Peter were killed in Rome on the same day. So as he sat in his cell, Paul knew he now needed to pass on the work of preaching about Jesus and leading the churches to the next generation. It's like a relay race at the Olympics. Paul is the first runner carrying the baton of the good news about Jesus. And as he comes to the end of his race, he must pass that baton on. But he can't pass it to just anyone. There was a desperate need all around the Roman Empire for people who could reliably preach the true gospel and defend believers under their care from the plausible lies that might shipwreck their faith. And for the church in the great city of Ephesus, Paul knew just the man to hand the baton on to, Timothy. In his letter to the Philippians, he told them, I have no one else like Timothy. The boy from Lystra had grown up to be a great minister of the gospel. Paul knew that with Timothy, the church in Ephesus and the treasure of the gospel would be in safe hands. That's who Timothy was. But now I want to ask, what did God use to prepare Timothy for that great responsibility? What prepared him for his role? Well, first, obviously, Timothy had learned from Paul himself. Paul had been a wonderful older Christian friend and mentor to Timothy. Secondly, no doubt, Paul's prayers for Timothy were hugely important. He says of Timothy in verse 3, he says to Timothy, At night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. He prayed and prayed for him. Thirdly, there's the rather obvious fact that Timothy had heard the gospel and not just agreed with it, but made a personal response of commitment to Jesus. You can't be a preacher without that. But Paul highlights something more foundational still. The roots of Timothy's faith go all the way back to his childhood, to his mother and his grandmother, Eunice and Lois. Have a look with me at verse five. Paul says to Timothy, I remember the sincere faith you have, the kind of faith your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice also had. And I'm persuaded it now lives in you also. The reason there was a man like Timothy to take the baton from Paul is because his grandmother loved and served God sincerely and she raised her daughter to love and serve God with all her heart. And so when she brought up her little boy, Timothy, she taught him to do the same, to love and serve God from the heart. How wonderful it is for children to be born into a family with Christian heritage, to be born into a Christian home where your mom and dad, or in Timothy's case, just one of the parents at least, knows and loves God and teaches their children to know and love God for themselves. 
Little did they know, but Lois and Eunice were raising up a great leader of the church. Now, how did they do this? What method did they use for raising Timothy up in the faith? If you would, turn over the page with me to chapter 3 and verse 14. Chapter 3, verse 14, which is on page 1197. I've said already there were false teachers out there. But Paul says to Timothy, As for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. From infancy, from earliest childhood, Timothy was taught the Holy Scriptures. Lois and Eunice raised Timothy in the faith by teaching him the Bible, which for them meant the Old Testament. And it was knowing the Old Testament which gave Timothy and Lois and Eunice the wisdom to put their faith in Jesus when they heard Paul preach the gospel. What kept the church in Ephesus going after the death of Paul? Two women, somewhere in Turkey, had made it their priority to teach a little boy to know the Bible and to trust in God's plan of salvation. And the result was not only that Timothy made that personal decision to follow Jesus as his saviour and Lord, but that a godly and faithful man was raised up to carry the torch of the gospel to the next generation. What more could Eunice and Lois have hoped and prayed for? And my hope is that this will be an encouragement to every mother and grandmother or auntie or godmother here in this room, as well as the dads and the godparents and the uncles. An encouragement to make teaching our children the Bible our top priority. We have lots of priorities for our children, but this is so important. And if we're going to teach them the faith from the scriptures, what is that faith? What is the message of the Bible? What are we actually trying to communicate when we open up this book? Well, we find it laid out in miniature in chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, the last two verses of our reading. Now, you might just need to turn back there. Here's the gospel which Paul preached and which Timothy, Lois and Eunice believed. Paul writes, God has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Let me unpack that. It's saying that God is calling people to belong to him. Not because of anything we've done. Actually, what we've done disqualifies us from belonging to God. We've been learning about that from Genesis chapter 3 and 4. But he calls us nevertheless, because his purposes are gracious. He loves sinners and wants us to make us holy so that we can be with him and know him and enjoy him. And so before time began, 
He planned a way to save us from the judgment our sins deserve. And in time, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be our saviour by dying on the cross to pay for our sins. And after he died, God raised Jesus from the dead to bring an end to death's power over those who trust and to reveal the reality of immortal life for all who trust in Jesus. As parents, we long for the best for our children. And there is nothing better than to give our children the clear understanding of the good news of salvation in Jesus, which is as much as we can humanly do, along with our prayers, to encourage them to make their own personal decision to receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And I'd love to help you do that. I'd love this to be a church where everyone felt confident to share their faith with the younger people in their lives. Uh, as a starter for 10, uh, Rebecca and I have brought in loads of our Bible books and Bible stories from home to lay out on a table in the lounge. I thought it just might be inspiration for an Easter gift for someone in your family or something to have at home to read with your grandchildren or godchildren when they come over. Uh, Rebecca can talk to you about those. Uh, so if you want to have a look at those after the service, please do in the lounge and have a chat with her about any of those. If you'd like to order some, we can arrange that. And if it would also help, do come and ask us how to pray with your children or how to understand the Bible better yourself or about good stuff that children can read or, or watch you've got children who are always on their phone, what could they watch that would be good for them to find out about Jesus? And we're also, as I said at the start, working towards getting a children's church on, or, a, or a Sunday school up and running, hopefully after Easter or as near as possible. We do already have something, the children are out there now, but we want it to be the case that families can come and uh, leave children in our care so that the parents can stay in here. What we've got at the minute is, um, you know, if you come as a family, you kind of all have to disappear out there. And, and it, I'm not sure that's the best for everybody. It'd be lovely for parents to be able to come, stay in here, get some quiet, and also for their children to be well looked after and taught next door. It's a great way that we as a church family can support one another in raising the next generation to believe in Jesus. And so I encourage you, come along regularly, make the most of that, let's work together teach the faith, not just to us older ones, but to younger ones too. We need to help each other in this most valuable, important and eternally significant task. Mums and dads, passing your faith on to your children is not easy. It takes commitment and the results are in God's hands, but what an impact it can have. What an impact Lois and Eunice had on the whole church and therefore on the world. There's no better foundation we can lay for our children's future than to share with them our faith. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you that you are calling people by your grace into immortal life with you. Thank you for Jesus who came to be our saviour and to give up his life. We praise you and we ask for the power of your spirit to be at work in us to enable us with boldness and confidence and bravery to do what we can to teach our young ones in our family and in this church the good news about Jesus. And we pray that through us a whole new generation would be
be raised up, not just for their own good, but for the good of your church, the good of our local area, the good of society, and the good of the world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.